You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. Hello, welcome to this Future Net Zero podcast. Today I'm talking to Russell Redding from NG, uh, who is their uh, operations, a renewables operations director. That's a, that's a mouthful. Russell, that's a mouthful. Hello, yeah, yeah, it is. I, I chose that one especially to be extra confusing to people. Um, we want to talk today about something that I think a lot of people have probably heard the term, but don't probably understand exactly what it means and it, and how it can help with the net zero transition. That, that's the PPA. So it's one of those acronyms. There are millions of them. Uh, I think, if I'm correct, it's Power Purchase Agreement. But what is a PPA? Can you explain to our listeners, first of all, what it is? Yeah, no, no problem at all. So some time ago, as you quite correctly said, a PPA is a Power Purchase Agreement. However, over time has morphed slightly, so you have to be a little bit careful. So there's the quite well-known corporate PPA, which is what we're going to talk about today. So a corporate Power Purchase Agreement. And then... There's other things. So, for example, you might call them supplier PPA or a utility PPA. So a utility or a supplier PPA is where I, as a supplier, I'm going to buy renewable electricity direct from a producer. Right. And I'll take that into my portfolio and I will sell it onwards. When you talk about a power purchase agreement, a corporate power purchase agreement, Basically, that is the end consumer. So the end business, the corporate, whoever, is then striking that deal direct with a producer of uh, renewable energy. So usually a developer for the output of their solar farm, wind farm, you know, whatever they they built and agreeing. Basically, they will take that, that energy in return for a known payment. So these have um, these have become more and more prevalent. I would say six or seven years ago they were probably a, a, a little bit of a rarity. I think actually the you know I think Marks and Spencers were probably one of the first people in, in in right at the beginning. But you know a few large corporates started, and then as subsidies rolled off, they became more of more interest, particularly to developers. You know as a way of, of saying okay, how do I build a plant? How do I you know how do I build new renewables? How do I get the, the the funding guaranteed, the income guaranteed? And now they're getting more and more interesting to end consumers because prices are high, renewables are much more interesting. But I'll, I'll come on to all of that sure later. So what does it mean? Well, a corporate PPA is basically, at its simplest level, a long-term agreement. So 15 years where the, the end consumers agrees to pay a, a price for the output of uh, a specific uh, a specific renewable asset. And that means that it's a lot, yeah, I say straight away, it's a long-term commitment, it's a fixed price commitment. Yeah. Um, you could say it's quite simple. There, There is a contract between those two parties, and in some ways that's, in its highest level, is quite simple, but those contracts are complicated and often you will need, you know, specialist legal advice, you might have consultants involved to help those, those things go along. But you don't necessarily need a supplier to be involved at all. You can go off on your own as a corporate and do that. Sorry to yeah. interrupt, but just to make it clear for the listener, I suppose the easiest way to think of it is it kind of you hire your car, don't you? You have a car. People know when they buy a car, they do a deal, right? They do a deal sometimes to own the car over many years, or they do a deal to sort of to, to lease it. In a way, that's yeah. that's sort of what we're looking at, aren't we? We're, we're saying we're going to do it over this certain number of years, 
and we're going to pay this much and you're going to guarantee me this kind of energy. Is that fair? Sort of making it very yeah. simple. Yeah, so to be very simple, it's basically a very simple agreement. It's a long-term service agreement saying I will I will agree. It's a bit like signing an internet, you know, a home broadband yeah. contract yeah. for 15 years to say I, I will pay you, uh, you know, £20 a month indexed to uh, RPI for, for the next 15 years and you will provide me this quality of internet access. Simple as that, yeah. Before we explain where, where we are now, let's just do a little bit of history, right? So they've been around for a while, though, right? I mean, and they haven't always just been about renewable energy, have they? Because I do remember, you know, you could buy fossil fuel energy on these sort of deals before. So yeah, you, you could do, and, and suppliers did for a long time. I mean, it was traditionally the supplier province, because why yes. would a customer want to you're buying from suppliers so they've been around you know even if you go back far enough even into the days when we had the pool price and, and pool administered yeah. energy there were there were power purchase agreements that were done as contracts for differences so they were all there it's only in recent years as, as you quite rightly said that consumers are thinking well this is interesting and i can mm -hmm. do this and the structures are developing to allow them to do that it's always been seen, in, you know, in my knowledge, and I, as I said, what, 11, 12 years now into the industry, that it's always been something that, <laughs> let's put it this way, you've got to know you're going to be around in 10, 15 years, right? So it's generally the province of big companies, big corporates. It's always been seen as kind of, you've got to be big enough, you've got to have the ability to know that you're going to be around, right? Small businesses may not even survive in the, the term of the contract. You also got to have the other side, which is, you know, is the person, the organisation you're dealing with either, as you say, a supplier or they've got, have they got the funding to build this solar farm or whatever? So in terms of that, is that been the general picture recently that it's, it is kind of good balance sheets, big organisations on both sides? Yeah, so interesting. I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. What you're ultimately doing by signing one of these as a consumer is allowing the developer to borrow money from a funder and say, look, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I've got a guaranteed income stream from a blue chip corporate who, as you quite rightly said, is going to be around in 15 years, definitely going to pay their bills. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're nailed on. Absolutely right. As a blue chip corporate, you're also right. You've got to get your head around making a 15 year decision. And if you paid, you know, a few years ago, let's say 45 pounds a megawatt hour on average for a 15-year PPA, in 10 years, you could be a hero or a complete villain, a villain because prices could be £20 or £60. You, this stage, you don't know. So you, you, there, there is get, people getting their head around that. And, and you're quite right. It was the preserve, always was the preserve of large blue-chip companies because, A, they had the credit, they were at good targets for developers. B, yeah. they could get their heads around long-term decision-making, long-term borrowing, because they probably had to do it anyway, and they were going to be around, and they were high enough profile that people were looking to them and saying, you know, what's your sustainability like? So up until very recently, that's where, that is where it's been. And, and you know, you, you look at the global picture, the people that you, you see doing, you know, stuff globally, you know, L'Oreal, Walmart, Microsoft, Google, T-Mobile, you know, all of these are big brands who need to show that they're there. The good news, is, well, the bad news was, was there's only so many of those. The pool is limited. But the good <laughs> yeah, news, yeah, and, and it is, isn't it? So yeah. the, the, good, the, the good news, though, is if you want to keep building renewables, and people do, 
then you have to start thinking differently and start looking at how you can bring in smaller organizations, shorter term timescales, different ways of purchasing, different flexibility, you know, different thinking, innovation for want of a better word, to move that market on. Otherwise, eventually, it's just going to, it's going to stop. And, and I'll be honest with you, you, these days you see people of all stripes having an interest um i had an interest this morning from actually quite a small group of company a small group who own some forecourts petrol forecourt shops and stuff and they're they're interested in how, how do we get into this corporate ppa game because it sounds interesting it sounds like it's good prices are high we definitely yeah. want to be green how do we get in let's look at the this thing here because everything you said i, I totally understand and i get it Two areas, before we talk about the smaller business, one of the other ones I've always wondered about is how much appetite there was for public sector organisations. Because they've got a different thing, right? They've got to make sure they've got value for the taxpayer. There are legislations, there's all of these things. And, you know, we've all heard of schools and uh, councils that have got lots of land or whatever. Traditionally, have they been willing to take a risk on PPAs? Or, or has that really, as you said, been more the sort of, corporate animals that have done it rather than public sector organisations? I'll be honest with you, the public sector and the regulated businesses, as in, you know, monopoly businesses that are regulated, are there. You know, we we know of local authorities that are not only building their own renewables, putting things like solar panels on the roofs of schools and, and energy efficiency work and all this sort of stuff, but are yeah. looking at corporate PPAs. Um, I'm talking mm. to one been talking to one locally they went the the, the business if you like the the, ex, the business element of the council looked at it wrote a paper took it to the council exec and the council exec reviewed it and looked at it and went yeah this is what we should be doing crack on get on with it you know so in some ways they too have to be leaders because they are you know in the public sector it's about public money spot on comment got to be good value for money it's got to be right but you have, you know, they also need to be showing leadership um, because yeah. they're very public facing. And mm. so, yeah, the, 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 it, it is there. Um, and, and same in the monopoly industries, you know, they want to be showing that leadership that they are green, they're renewable, they care about the environment, all these sort of things. But again, really difficult because, again, they want to show good value for money. Um, and maybe corporate PPAs are, and they, you know, and that's the magic, isn't it? Of the whole, the whole game is. Yeah. finding that that deal in the middle that feels good for the developer it builds it and it feels good for the the, the off taker in terms of it manages their risk and it gives them price certainty there is the third element which you touched on earlier it, the cash right and sometimes the person who's, who's building it the developer has the cash sometimes they don't as you as you mentioned what's happened in the world of finance towards this as well so has it suddenly you know become hey hey there, there is a market here because as you said once you've done the big boys, there's, there's, there's plenty of other people out there. Have financial markets opened up? Is it still a case of you have to go to banks? Or are companies like yours sort of now having saying, actually, we'll, we'll take the risk for you. We've, we've got the balance books. Uh, you know, we've got the, 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 the capital costs and we'll, we'll bear it on it. How, how's it working now? It's interesting because I think there has been a movement in the in in the world of finance, shall we say, a pivot towards green. And 
there are funds that only invest in green and, and other funds are more interested in being able to show that they're investing in green, whether that be a bank or a pension fund, you know, or an equity group. There is definitely a feeling that people, that there is more interest in, in investing in those, in, in those things. Does it feel like it's massively opening up? Hard to say. I think it, it doesn't, but I think that there are still lots of options there. Are others with cash involved? I mean, yes. Obviously, NG is 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 um, is building significantly. We have something like twenty eight gigawatts of installed capacity globally, and we are you know trying to develop more. We want to build more. That's that's the focus, and you know the focus is not just you know how do you build it but how do you build it so there's a point to it so how do you build it to align to either a customer or a corporate or a need like that because actually that's that's another way of looking at it in terms of it helps balance the risk profile for any investor by knowing that you know it's not just floating around to market with its vagaries of as you said at the beginning everything else that's going on in the world but it's you know coronavirus ukraine and, and all the other impacts on prices but actually there's something underlying it. There's an underlying demand and an underlying price, which makes you know that that investment makes sense. Can you get PPAs for anything though? So um, you know, let's talk about things like you know a hydro project. Solar probably makes most sense. Wind probably, but I suppose it depends on where the land is or what or or the water is that you build the asset on. I suppose is it? Yeah, it, it very much. I mean the. There is a range of things we've talked about things that we've, we've obviously pointed towards a new build because of something called additionality. So often people want to look at this because they want to build new plant. Onshore solar is, I think, probably one of the easier builds. Hopefully the planning situation for onshore wind will get easier because that, again, is, is good. Offshore wind, yes, very doable, but large, expensive and does that really fit with what we're talking about in terms of broadening it out into the, the, the smaller, wider world? No, that becomes a different prospect. So, yes, you could quite easily do a small hydro plant if you wanted to, you know, if you can get the cost base right. As you quite rightly said, it, it's what, what you can get. If you've got the land and the water and the permissions and you've done all the environmental studies and jumped through all the hoops and got the good connection and it financially adds up, absolutely. There aren't really limits on technology other yeah. than what, what people are willing to build and what people find attractive to have, you know, a relationship with and to take the energy from. A lot of the people listening today will be major companies. They'll, they'll be doing this stuff anyway, they know it or whatever. But there's also the smaller businesses, and I want to talk about that now and move on. So the world is changing. All businesses know that, you know, hey, that's what we call future net zero. They've got to get to net zero. So things are happening and people are changing. And as you said, you know, we've, we've done stories of fairly small kind of factories or small units, whatever, that might either have the land themselves or their landlord is up for it. So where is that market changing? And, and how can a big company like yours, dare I say, give the attention to smaller companies? Because we're not the same. You know, I, I run a small company. We're not the same as a a big corporate who's got departments or it might be the MD that's doing it or kind of, you know, his or her deputy. It's, it's much more kind of, you know, trying to keep the business running and this might be, might be useful rather than, hey, we've got a whole team dedicated to our environmental profile. So where do you see the role of PPAs for the smaller businesses and what, what can you do to, to reassure them that they won't be lost, if you know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I think that's a very valid point. I think this is where actually the role of the supplier becomes more key. Businesses of any size, some of them have space. Some of them have a lucky down space next door and they can throw a wire over the fence. And there's, there's, there's a, you know, there's a growing trend of people looking at what can I do on site? What can I do behind the meter? Does that help me? Is that, is that almost, you know, more attractive? Is that a better business case? However, I might have to stump up the money myself unless of course you can get someone else to do the same build it and then at least it back to you for the, the cost of the energy. In terms of smaller businesses, what we've tried to look at is the understanding that basically what you need is simplicity for someone to take the the, the role of saying, well, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it simple. Yeah. I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make it easier and, and fit, fit with the way that you work and the way that you, you, you do, you know, the way that you happen. So some examples of this is terms, in terms of not all the way down to SMEs, but, you know, at the smaller end of the, should we say, the large, uh, the large elements, we've been able to, to offer products that allow people access to assets, you know, directly, you know, link energy and, uh, and, and green energy into their account, bring it in, sleeve it in, drop it in. And we've been able to do that in a much simpler way that aligns to their purchasing. And instead of having to have whatever, 40 or 50 page corporate PPA, we could do it in a three page side letter, keep it really simple. And it's completely integrated. I designed it to be completely integrated with their supply arrangement. When you get down into SME group, you know, you get into smaller stuff. What you're looking at, I think, then is how can we almost create a simple basket that says, look, we will hold. You were going to say that word. No, I was going to say that, didn't <laughs> yeah. you? I knew I was going to say that. You know, uh, we, the, we'll that hold sense, the corporate people. Yeah. yeah. You, you team up, you team up and create a sort of community thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly what we're looking at doing. And, and we're saying, you know, look, we'll, we'll get the asset. We'll take, we, we have to take some of the risk. We'll manage that. But you guys, you know, just come along. Here's our basket. You can join. You get the, the price, you get the benefits while you're in it. And there it is, if you like. And you've still got a grid scale asset, if you know what I mean. But instead of it being a grid scale asset linked to one blue chip corporate, you've got a grid scale asset that's linked to what? 50, 100, whatever, you know, SME organizations. It's nice and simple. There's just one set of terms yes. conditions. You know what you're getting. And, and off we go. And, and that's very much the kind of shift, if you like. And, and the transition is is that the, the further down you come in, in size, it's not they're not less important. But like you say, you, they're, it's a they're, different, in yeah. some ways, they're more important because yeah. what you need to do is get it right and get it simple and say, look, it's going to have to in some ways operate. Nobody's got time to spend forever. You know, as you quite rightly said, you're running your business. You don't want to spend a lot of time messing around with your energy. And we just, we would like your contract to just run nice and smoothly. So you you spend more time and effort designing it, getting it right. The point you've just made is a really interesting one because we've seen things the government's trying to do, right? In in certain parts of the Southwest, for example, uh, projects which are trying to create community energy, right? Based on the same sort of thing. We all chip together, we all get some power from a wind turbine or whatever. Do you think, you know, to really facilitate net zero, that this is really the future, which is getting lots of small companies together, some, uh, an organization like yours or others saying, we'll take all the risks, we'll sort it out, but what we're doing is we're giving you a pathway to a clean asset. 
And, and do you think that, that will be, in a funny way, I'm not saying that that is the definite future, but it might be the way supply goes in, 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 in a few years' time? I think I think it's really interesting, and and to be fair, you could probably do a separate podcast on this alone in terms of where's the future, what's the future path. So, I my personal belief is that you're going to have a mix of things because um, underlying all of this is at some point down the road we are all expecting a, a fully green grid or a, you know mostly green grid. And there are some big challenges Absolutely. in how you, yeah. uh, you know, big, big challenges. If if we just build offshore wind, what happens when the wind doesn't blow? Or you know, if we've got wind and solar, it's dark, it's nighttime, the wind's not blowing. But there are some big challenges. There are challenges then in how we balance the network and, and all sorts of things. And where it ultimately leads me is actually, I think what we're going to need is a diversity. I think you're going to find wind, onshore and offshore, solar, hydro, hydrogen biomass there's going to be some nuclear plant locally i love it or hate it whatever and then on the supply side there's going to be a mixture there's going to be some people who have got their corporate ppas there's going to be community schemes basket schemes there's going to be some people who are quite happy to say you know what i'm just happy to ride ride my supply i'll get whatever i get you know and i'll take what i take and actually the grid's 100 green i'm less interested in doing anything complicated i just want something yeah, simple I get and I think you're going to end up in a position where I think there'll be an evolution over time. You know, we're not talking in two or three years. I think, you know, eight, 10 years as we get towards 2030, the whole thing's going to have to evolve. It's going to be some government, hopefully, some government policy because there will need to be to steer it in the right direction. But then there'll be things happening within the industry because consumers want it, suppliers want to provide it. As you say, these, these things go. So to answer the question, Yes, I do think it's a possibility. I think you're going to see diversity. I think you'll yeah. see an uptake in, in corporate PPAs and suppliers will therefore see more customers coming and saying, oh, I've got a corporate PPA, I'm bringing it with me. You will need to be able to deal with that efficiently for me, won't we? And we'll have to. But the interesting thing is if we get to, let's say, 2035, let's say, and the grid is very green, and those corporate PPAs are, are, are ending because mm. they've, they've done their 15 year. Will corporates be signing new corporate PPAs, or will they be saying, "Hey, the grid's green. What am I? What am I worried? Yeah. There's a new option. I'll just, I'll just buy power because everything you buy is green." So yeah, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see where it works through. Yeah. Um, last question, really. Um, look, the, the, I don't want it to be a massive sell, but you know, for people who want to know more. Where's the starting point to find out about PPAs? I think have a look, have a Google of some things. I'd say that. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, it's not going to be a massive sell, but we have got some stuff on our website. Yeah. And it's got links. <laughs> of course you know, you do. It, yeah, it, absolutely. Of course we do. And it's got links of things. Yeah. You know, there are things like you're doing here with the podcast that people can listen to, people can Google it. I would say I think it can be hard to pick out. I want to say the wood from the trees. That's terrible simplification. But <laughs> yeah. at, at the beginning, you and I had talked and you progressed it nicely about, you know, the corporate PPA, blue chip, yeah. big thing, yeah. and, yeah. you know, the SME. And sometimes it's hard for the likes of you and I, if you say, or people who run a small business, to have a bit of a look and say, does that really apply to me? Of course. Does that really apply to me? Reach out and ask the questions. Don't, don't be afraid to do a bit of research and, and don't be afraid to ask people um, ask you know 
ASCII supplier, ASCII supplier, have, have a look. I think to conclude, they're, they're going to become more common, aren't they? You're pretty sure. You're seeing it, aren't you? you? You'll see it. And I think you'll begin to see the clarity developing more because the language is still evolving. What people understand is evolving. What people want is evolving. But I think you'll see it coming through. And things like this are great because it allows people to go, ah, I think hopefully when we finished, I think I get it a bit more now. That makes a bit more sense, you know. And and that's all we really need is, is what people, from, from my perspective, once we understand what the individual or company needs, you can do it, you can translate what you've got. Sometimes it's just literally people come forward and say, I want a PPA. And you ask them, so actually, it's not quite what you want. And sometimes you're just getting people to say, this is what my challenge is. This is what I'm trying to do. I've got X, you know, I've got rooftop solar that's exporting. I've got this, I've got, I need this and that. Can you help? And we go, yes, have a look at this. And that's the, that's the main challenge sometimes. Russell, thanks so much for today. I think that you've really cleared it up and you've been very kind to take us through it, through my uh, inane questioning, but it's really helped. I hope to understand the world of PPO. So uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, you're happy to sort of talk to them as well, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me. Um, the questions were far from me. I've enjoyed talking. <laughs> I enjoyed the chat. It's Too been kind. really good. Um, no, no, it's been, it's been good. And um, yeah, please do just, just you can come to the website, you can follow the links through. So the corporate PPA stuff and the green energy stuff usually gets to me. Find me on LinkedIn, ask a question, whatever. There's not a problem at all. Well, Russell Reddy, thanks very much for your time today. Thanks for being on with us on Future Net Zero. You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast along with our partner, Engie. This has been a promoted podcast. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.